0: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today.
1: Can the Nets go all the way from the 7th seed? Our NBA experts break down what to expect as the playoffs get going. Plus, can the T-Wolves make it past the first round? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today.
2: Searching all major sports. Found.
0: Let's start with the biggest story.
1: Kyrie Irving coming to stomp on a leprechaun near you after he stomps on the Cleveland Cavaliers. He scores 34 points on an incredible 12 of 15 shooting. The Nets take down the Cavs 115 108 to secure the seven seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. They will, of course, take on the Boston Celtics. Joining me now from Locked On Nets, Adam Armbrecht and, and Adam. Let's start with this Cavs game and we'll get to the matchup here. What can we take from this game as we push forward to the playoffs?
3: Kyrie Irving's pretty good. Uh, listen, sure. I think if you give him a couple of years, he could really round himself into form and be a, be a high-level prospect. Uh, I, listen, you know, we, we talked about it over on the podcast, Doug and myself, there was no point. This one ebbed and flowed. Certainly Cleveland got within single digits there in the second half and into the fourth quarter, but there didn't have any sense of doubt here, and it's because we know the NBA is predicated on the superstar talent. When you have Kevin Durant, when you have Kyrie Irving, and when he seemingly decides, hey, play in game, Playoffs on the line, I'm going to go ahead and lock myself in here and just go 12 for 12 to start the game and kind of take a couple of chuckers there on the back end. But he's an elite, high-level talent, and we say it so often. A point guard like this, being able to accomplish that consistently on the offensive end, it's not like Kevin Durant who can tower over you. This is a guy that gets a job done in spite of a lot of heavy defenses. And it, at least for the moment, lets the NBA and the Eastern Conference know the Brooklyn Nets are going to be as challenging as you thought they would have at the start of the year.
1: So what kind of challenge do you think they present to the Boston Celtics, who have been the best team in basketball in the year 2022, basically? I mean, they have been unbelievable this uh, in, the, in the second half, especially this season. So what what do you like from a matchup standpoint here?
3: Yeah, I I think, again, when you come out of this Cleveland game and really the back end of the season here, there's been a couple of supporting players. Bruce Brown, who certainly has shown an all-around game here, have to see if Seth Curry can be 100% healthy on that ankle. Uh, And then even Nicholas Claxton. The supporting cast is kind of what matters not more, but you know what Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are capable of. The question is, can you take a Nicholas Claxton and sick him on a Jason Tatum for X number of possessions to buy Kevin Durant some rest on that end of the floor? When you have elite, consistent perimeter shooters like Seth Curry, the spacing remains open here. So, you know, I think this team, unlike last year, even with having James Harden, is certainly more balanced, right? They have more consistent players behind now just two superstars But it makes it possible, knowing that Time Lord is not going to be available for the Boston Celtics, for the Nets to look across here and and really feel like they have a handful of plus matchups they they can go to on a possession-to-possession basis.
1: What would be most concerning for Nets fans in this matchup? Jason Tatum's playing the
3: best basketball of his career, right? Jalen Brown is playing excellent. Marcus Smart is known to be a defensive irritant. And, you know, even a guy like Al Horford, he's a veteran player who's capable of doing things from the outside and on the interior. That at the very least, we can always kind of hang on the balance here. Cleaning the glass, working the boards. If you can get Nicholas Claxton, and Andre Drummond into some early foul trouble, that presents some depth issues for the Brooklyn Nets, certainly. But are you going to be able to slow down or limit Jason Tatum? Or is this the type of matchup when you look and say... This is superstars against superstars. And then again, the secondary matchups need to win the day here. So consistency. That's all I think you really have
1: the concern now going into this series. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen. Coming up, we get an insider's perspective on the NBA playoffs. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. There are a few Major League Baseball lines to keep an eye on. The New York Mets and Max Scherzer take on Aaron Nola and the Philadelphia Phillies. BetOnline likes the home Phillies at minus 117 on the money line. The Dodgers are in Minneapolis to take on the Twins and their new pitcher Chris Paddock. BetOnline still favors the Dodgers despite being the visitor and have their money line at minus 152. And a pair of grizzled veteran pitchers face off when the Royals and Cardinals get together. BetOnline favors Adam Wainwright at home over Zach Greinke with a minus 145 money line. Those are the grizzled veterans. I feel so incredibly old now. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked
0: on today.
1: Dan Snyder is in more trouble, it seems. The Washington commanders failed to refund security deposits, concealed revenue, and kept two sets of financial books, according to the U.S. House Oversight and Reform Committee. They said this in a letter it sent to the Federal Trade Commission. A 20-page letter detailed what the committee said was a multi-year process of altering records to hide revenue that led to more profits for the organization. The allegations of financial improprieties were made by former longtime employee Jason Friedman, who, on March 14th, met with members of the committee as part of its investigation into the team's workplace culture. So far, Dan Snyder has been bulletproof as the Washington owner will see if that continues. One of the top high school quarterbacks, Christopher Vizina, has verbally committed to Clemson. Vizina's commit could clue in the possible landing spot, For Arch Manning.
2: Huge quarterback recruiting news to report in the class of 2023. Christopher Vizina, one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the class of 23 out of Birmingham, Alabama, makes his verbal commitment to the Clemson Tigers. Not a huge surprise to see Vizina off the board to Dabo Sweeney and company. The Tigers actually got his last two unofficial visits, including a weekend trip for the spring game. So another big quarterback domino off the board. So it means are we that much closer to figuring out where Arch Manning may end up? Of course, the most famous football recruit since, I don't know, anybody not named LeBron James in our industry, football, basketball, throw it all together, Arch Manning moves the needle more than most, and many schools are still in the running for him, fresh off of a visit to Virginia, Georgia, Texas, Alabama, Ole Miss, LSU, Florida, you name it, they still want in on the Arch Manning sweepstakes, but we know he's not going to Clemson because Chris. For Faizina, now occupies that spot. As for when Manning may decide, your guess is as good as mine. We won't get a list of top schools. We won't get a list of top contenders, or even a tweet, as the verified Arch Manning account sits at zero. The
1: Islanders pulled off a shootout win over the Penguins on Tuesday night.
2: Gil Martin of Blocked On Islanders
4: here. The Islanders come away with an exciting five to four shootout win over the Pittsburgh Penguins at the UBS Arena. And by winning, the Islanders prevent the Penguins from clinching a playoff berth. It wasn't the best game for the Islanders, but they played very well in the first period, pretty well in the third, and came up with a big penalty kill in overtime before winning it in the shootout. 43 saves in the game for Ilya Sorokin. He gave up a couple of questionable goals, but managed to rebound. And then Zach Parise and Josh Bailey, each with two goals, to help the Islanders win. It was. Kind of a wide-open affair, an exciting game, not your typical Islanders-style game. And yet the Islanders went toe-to-toe with the Penguins and found a way to get the two points. That keeps their slim playoff hopes alive and gives them some momentum. I'll expect Thursday's game in Pittsburgh to be a barn burner with these two teams really not liking each other.
1: Here is another story you need to know. Lockdown's Kanani Stevens sat down with Lockdown Insider Antonio Daniels and previewed what we can expect from the NBA playoffs.
5: There's three, four teams maybe that you could see mm-hmm. coming out of the Eastern Conference. Um, do you have a feeling right now, I know the Celtics were hot going in, Miami's the number one seed, the defending champs are in there, You know, Brooklyn too, where, where are you leaning right now? Right now, I have to lean toward Milwaukee. I have to, and you're right, Kanani, because there's a, there's a number of teams, there's a drastic difference between the East and the West, because I think there's a lot of teams that could actually represent the East in the NBA Finals. You can look at Miami um, Mm -hmm. with Kyle Lowry, his championship experience, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, those guys that have been to the NBA Finals in the bubble. And then you can go and you can look at Philly. We talked about James Harden and Joel Embiid. Obviously, the Milwaukee Bucks with Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday. Then you can look at a team like the Boston Celtics, who were extremely hot heading into the postseason. So I think it's a number of teams that if they came out of the East, it wouldn't really be a surprise. Also, you can look at Brooklyn. You can look at Brooklyn. Even though they are a seventh seed, as we talked about, they are not your regular seven seed because of the situation and circumstances that have played themselves throughout the course, course of the season. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of... I'm going with the Milwaukee Bucks. That's who I'm going with right now. I honestly feel like their championship pedigree that they established in, in, in a year ago, I think that's going to pay itself off. Look, no disrespect to Miami being the number one seed, but... Miami doesn't have that guy. Now, again, now, if we go back to Jimmy Butler being in the bubble, if that Jimmy Butler shows up, we're having a different conversation. I'm talking about the 30, 40-point Jimmy Butler. That guy shows up. We're having a completely different conversation. But right now, because of what they accomplished last year, the role familiarity, the coaching, I have to go with the Milwaukee Bucks right now to represent the East in the NBA Finals. The Phoenix Suns are by far, you know, leaps and bounds better than everybody else. So... Barring injury, because no one wishes that on anybody, is right. there any team that can challenge them, or do you truly feel that this is theirs to lose? I, I think this is theirs to lose. Obviously, it, it depends on what we mean by challenge. It's challenge um, Phoenix winning in six or Phoenix winning in seven. I yeah. think there are teams out there that can challenge them and push them. But okay. honestly speaking, as you know, Kanani, when we're talking about the NBA playoffs, challenging doesn't advance you. Challenging the team doesn't advance you to their next round. Do I think there are some teams that could potentially push them? I feel like if Memphis is really going, you know, if they're really going, they get an opportunity to get out and transition. Do I feel like they can push Phoenix? Yes. But do I feel like they can beat them four out of seven times? I do not. So with that said, we have a kind of repeat of last year, right? Milwaukee and and, and Phoenix. Is there a different outcome this time around with Phoenix playing the way they're playing right now in your mind? Who I, I think... um I would personally, I would love to see Chris Paul get one Yep. after all that he's gone through, you know, after his storied NBA career. He has enhanced every situation that he stepped into, you know, no matter what we're talking about, the Clippers to Houston to Oklahoma City, now here to Phoenix. And he's led three different teams to their best win total in the history of their franchise. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know what? You know what, Kanani? I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Let's do I'ma it. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna take the Phoenix Suns. That's what I'm gonna do. It. I like it. I I think they're going seven no matter what. So that's gonna be right. great to watch. And I and the thing be... is, mm-hmm. if they have if they go seven, if they go yep. seven, the Phoenix Suns they have home court advantage, and I feel like Phoenix has played with a chip on their shoulder all year long.
1: Coming up, the T Wolves made it past the play-in, but will they make it any further? Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And if you haven't tried the puffs, you are missing out. In fact, as soon as I'm done explaining this to you, I need to go buy some more because I'm I'm actually out. It's, it's the worst. I'm out of Built Bars. That's the only thing about Built Bars is eventually you run out of them and you have to order more. They are delicious and they are great for you. Packed with protein, fiber, but low in net carbs, low in sugar, and it is like a treat that you can feel really, really good about. With delicious flavors in the puff and the regular, um, they they also have have had these these crisp flavors, crunch flavors, where you've got different different centers. They they cycle through and they just they keep finding ways to come up with interesting things to put in these. I, I don't understand how they do it, but they taste amazing. And are good for you. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com.
0: Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day.
1: The Minnesota Timberwolves are headed for the official playoffs. Not the play-in. They beat the LA Clippers 109-104. Thanks to 30 from the man known as Aunt Anthony Edwards. Gets the job done amid a stinker from Carl Anthony Towns. Joining me now, Ben Beacon from Locked Timberwolves. And, and Ben, if I had told you before the game, if I had given you the stat line from Carl Anthony Towns, I, I assume you would have told me the Wolves had no shot in this game.
0: Yeah. I mean, when Carl Anthony Towns fouled out too, I mean, like there were, were, or when he picked up his fourth foul in the first half or his fifth foul in the third quarter. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, 11 points, five rebounds, three of 11 shooting. He fouled out in just 24 minutes, four turnovers, three assists for Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it speaks to, I think the Towns conversation is is a separate one. Part of the conversation though is, is Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell absolutely stepping up when the Timberwolves needed the most. And, and and it's not at all the blueprint that the Wolves put put together, yeah. that Chris Finch put together for this game, but obviously it worked out.
1: The question is how much more do you need from Carl Anthony Towns? We know the answer is a lot, yeah. but but shade in that gray area for me a little bit.
0: Yeah, he's actually been pretty good against the Grizzlies this year. Against the Clippers, I mean, he played in three of the four games against LA earlier this season in the regular season, and he averaged like fifteen and six. The Clippers basically put together the blueprint for how to slow down Carl Anthony Towns, and because of their length and Tyloo's coaching and uh the depth of the Clippers, the way they play defense, they were able to execute that blueprint, obviously, and they did it again tonight. Uh, but Memphis hasn't really slowed down Carl Anthony Towns. He's averaging a double-double against them. He shot uh, 38, 39% from three against them, 53, 54% from the field against the Grizzlies. Obviously, Memphis has some good bigs. They've got Jaron Jackson Jr., who's always a handful, especially in the offensive glass. But I actually think, I mean, it's a much better matchup for the Timberwolves, even though, as we I'm not saying at all that the Grizzlies are not as good as the Clippers, but from a matchup perspective, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Timberwolves played them. They beat them by 30-plus once this year. They they sent them to overtime and Carl Anthony Towns, 40-footer buzzer beater to, to send the game to overtime. So it's actually not that scary of a matchup um, outside of it, of course, being the two versus the seven. And obviously the Wolves will be underdogs. And I also want to say if the Wolves had lost this game, which it looked like they were going to at many points, um, (laughs) I think the pressure on Carl Anthony Towns in a potential eight seed playing game on Friday against either San Antonio or New Orleans would have been far greater than the pressure is now. Like, obviously, he's going to have to answer those questions. Uh, But, I mean, he's got a whole series now instead of one game where it's all on the line to at least kind of answer back and and show that he's better than he was on Tuesday.
1: The old cliche, the lights being too bright. They were not too bright for Anthony Edwards, but it's got to go up a level now. It's John Morant. It's the Grizzlies, another young, hungry team. What do the Wolves need from Ant in this series? Uh, consistency. Uh, and, and he's had a
0: lot more of that, obviously, this year than he did as a rookie. But uh, he's got he's had these swoons where he's just put together. He scored a, a career 49. I think it was last Friday. And then on Sunday, in albeit a meaningless game, he was like one of 10 or something to start the game. Didn't play in the second half because it was a meaningless game. But he'll do this where he'll have a big game. Now, it is the playoffs. He obviously likes when the lights are bright. And uh, he's kind of always said that, even though this is his first time now in the playoffs, the play in and then the playoffs. I, I think we're going to see more of the same. We're going to see maybe some high-volume three-point shooting. We're going to see some maybe, uh, you know, not intelligent plays that he makes offensively, but he's a good on-ball defender right now. Um, and he he's in attack mode all the time. Um, and I'd rather have an aggressive uh, Anthony Edwards making a few mistakes than, than somebody who disappears.
1: And finally, a woman glued herself to the floor during the Clipper Timberwolves play-in game. And that's not a misprint. She really glued herself to the target center floor during the game and apparently her motives were to bring light to Minnesota Timberwolves owner Glenn Taylor's inhumane treatment of chickens at one of his chicken farms. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen. For your second listen, download Locked On Bets. All the gambling advice you need in about 20 minutes. Coming up Thursday, the field for the NBA playoffs will be set. We'll have all the latest So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.